welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This is episode 100, and no better way to celebrate than to lead off with the current ARA defending champion Barry McKenna of McKenna Motorsports. And then keeping it with the Irish theme, we also chat with defending open to wheel drive champion co-driver Martin Brady, and then bring it back stateside with 100 Acre Wood RC2 class winning co-driver Cameron Carr. So put your seat backs in the upright position for another round of the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Well, folks, just in time for your Olympus Rally Travels, I finally finished editing the interviews I did for the 100 Acre Wood Rally. Uh, This is part two. There's a part three that'll be coming up literally right after this. Sorry it took so long, but I had a sudden dose of reality of what's kind of more important to me than uh, motorsports, and that would be, of course, family and especially my wife. Uh, We're all friends and part of the Rally family here, so I don't mind telling you a little bit. She had a really major surgery that happened just a couple weeks ago, so there was a lot leading up to that, and of course a lot of help afterwards, and to say I was a little preoccupied, that's a bit of an understatement. The good news is the surgery was a big success, and uh, yeah, so now it's just kind of recovering afterwards, so um, happy that she's on the mend, and uh, yeah, haven't been doing a whole lot of rally stuff while I've been dealing with that, but I am looking forward to getting back to seeing all my rally family and friends, though, Um, up at Olympus, which will be just this week. In this part two of the 100 Acre Wood review, um, wow, again, our 100th episode, no less, and I should probably have some sort of like cheering sounds in the background and whatnot, but uh, I'm just kind of trying to get these done. No special effects. Sorry, folks. But anyways, uh, we start off with, of course, Barry McKenna. He tells us about the latest generation WRC car that he's running and all the changes he did to try and meet ARA regs as best he could. Of course, there's some controversy still about the car, and uh, he tell us all, tells us all about it, and it's uh, really, really interesting uh, to hear his take on that. Then Martin Brady, he tells us about uh, how it is that he and Seamus can just keep getting faster and faster. Um, of course, any chat with Martin isn't necessarily short. Um, him and I tend to go off on many a tangent, uh, may include things such as the uh, you know interest of our sport overseas and the draw of uh, how we got Irish guys now coming over um, to compete regularly over here, as well as uh, what about a WRC round coming to the States? All kinds of stuff like that. And then I round out this episode with co-driver Cameron Carr. Uh, he tells some great stories about uh, abusing rental cars during recce and uh, how what it was like to uh, compete in a Fiesta R5 uh, for the first time and just what that car, how different it was from other cars that he's competed in um, as a co-driver. And of course, Cameron has a similar passion to mine, which is flying. Um, I've got my uh, private pilot certificate and he's working towards getting his. And uh, he's got a great story about uh, how he did his first solo. And uh, anyways, it's a good listen. Hope you enjoy it. Those stories and more right after this. Go five right short over crest in the second small crest 40, full F plus nips. Hi, this is Alex and Rhiannon Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training. Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training, or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. So Barry McKenna of McKenna Motorsports, the busiest man 
in American rallying after seeing how many cars you had at Hundred Acre Wood. Dude, how you doing? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. Yeah, glad to be home. It was, it was uh, definitely a, a hectic uh, week, but uh, all all seemed to go off not so bad. Um, customers were happy, and uh, we were happy with our progress in the new car. So obviously, I'm going to ask about this new car because wow. Um, obviously, me being a fan of the WRC, seeing something of that nature coming over here, but. I don't want to get too much in the drama of what's going on with ARA, but you do have to make some changes to a car like that to make it as compatible as par as possible with ARA. Like you can't use paddle shifters and stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about this WRC style car? I guess you got, I mean, it is a WRC car, right? Just some minor changes. Yeah. It's a, it's basically the chassis of a WRC car. And then uh, what it's running the gearbox from my older car. So it's the like 2015 era gearbox that's not active and a differential. We're not running the 1600 WRC engine. We're just running a, a two liter M Sport engine with a 34 mil restrictor to meet ERA standards. So we, we've took um, a lot of the, the goodness out of it because these cars are, are basically well, I've won their aerodynamics, but how well the, the differential, their or active diff works with the aero package. So we've eliminated one thing, and uh, now we're just back to our, our uh, manual uh, diff and gearbox setup. But it it, it works. It, it's working pretty good. It, it, it seems to be a, a good, good uh, mix. I mean, it, it certainly seemed to be that way this last weekend, you know, looking at the performance. But, but you know, t again, just kind of, kind of comparing a little bit to the WRC, I know their target for when they came out with the 2017 era, which is still through to today, their target was about uh, 380 horsepower. But we have a smaller restrictor required. Uh, granted, you're using two-liter motor, but where do you think that we're kind of sitting right now? More of the 350, 320, that kind of range? Yeah, the, the car, I believe, is pushing out about a, a 335 horsepower. Okay, so so not quite the insane of, of WRC, but still. No, it's, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a developed engine. Uh, the last car that I had was a more developed engine. It had the Focus WRC engine, you know, so I get M Sport has no reason to develop this engine. So there was good effort by M Sport put into it, but we didn't go into the real expense of trying to get as much power out of it because um, that would simply just cost too much money. So you get into this car. I mean, you got it very recently. Um, not a lot of miles in it yet. What was your first experience uh, sitting in the thing? Because I I'm guessing it's got suspensions different from what your previous one was because, um, I mean, your Fiesta before was essentially a WRC car from the 2016 era. I'm a little bit older, but, you know, somewhere in that range. How different was it getting into this car from what you are driving before? Surprisingly, it's not a major difference, you know. There's a, it, um, the other car, it resembles the other car a lot, uh, but, but obviously it's a new car, uh, so, you know, the, the suspension is, is, is better. Um, the, the brakes is, is better. You know, and, and the suspension being better obviously means that we've a lot, you know, more traction, better braking. So, uh, like, uh, and then there's also the the arrow part of it as well, which is, you know, it's, it's helping us take corners faster, safer. It, it's not a completely different car to drive. You know, it, it, it would remind you of my older car in a lot of ways.
you know, you talked about taking these, uh, you know, the, the faster corners better, you know, all that arrow. And, you know, obviously you can see all the different bits on it. You know, Subaru's got the same kind of thing in, as far as a bunch of little, you know, uh, little winglets and stuff like that on their cars, little dive planes and stuff like that. I, I guess, what is that experience like of, I'm guessing some corners you actually have to take a little faster or you won't make it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you know, the, the faster you, and that's it's just trying to dial that into your head. To, okay, just don't hit the brakes here where you would like to hit the brakes. But yeah, it it, it when, when you do get that confidence in it and you, you push it on, and I'm not even a, uh, nowhere near uh, as good a driver as any of the guys that do drive these cars, and and never will be. But I'm definitely fit to have some fun with it now. I, I'm never going to lean on the car 100% like they will, but. Um, it, it it definitely uh, it's it's a good sensation. It feels good. Um, I would say it's better in like medium speed corners. Uh, that's where you notice it. The the, the car has a uh, now with the arrow it, it has a lot more drag. So it's a uh, less top. I would say it's a less top speed than my older car. So now you you really gotta commit more on them medium corners than than you would typically have to because in the other car you definitely have the speed for uh, the top end speed because you've less drag so i guess going into you know friday if that's where you had the, the faster stages you know very first stage ken block in your previous uh skoda r5 plus uh ends up uh, uh besting you on that one but then yeah. it seems like you really stretch the legs on that thing yeah listen you know it's a, it's, a, it's all a learning curve to make um we we don't want to we didn't want to make any silly mistakes in the car and our foreshadowing you know it's uh you know there's really no need to I think the way that we approached the rally was to you know I think it actually went better than than I thought it would have been honest I, I didn't think I would be the the fastest uh, I I I, I uh, can actually surprise me I I thought it would have been Travis would have been uh, uh, um or, or Brandon would have been a lot quicker. Uh, out of the box, it, it it just we we took our time, we settled in, and then we we started setting some good times. So it's um, and then obviously we we got the the flat tire, so then we 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 really we really had to drive drive the stones out of the car for for the rest of the day to to see if we could gain back some positions. Well, which you did, and, and some of those stage times, uh, especially on the second day, that, that's what I also want to know. Is like, what, what was it like, I guess, driving that over the rough stuff? Because one thing I even noticed watching the WRC is these cars tend to actually sit a little lower on the ground. Sometimes they're, they're riding on the skid plate and rough stuff. But your car seemed like it floated across some of those things pretty well. Yeah, it was... Um, we, we, we had the car. We, we don't have a lot of setup options at the minute. You know, we, we just really got the car the week before, so... We haven't had a chance to play with setup or ride heights, and uh, we were limited to where we could go at ride height. So the car is uh, it's set as low as it can go without us uh, adjusting the platforms, so uh, or putting uh, different platforms in the car. So it, it it the ride height was 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 pretty high, so we didn't need to to do anything as you know we were, we were confident that the car would clear. There would be very little contact, and there was very little contact on that, and and. You know, it was the rough area. Like, you know, I seemed to always, uh, you know, it was really that one stage. And lucky enough, we we were fit to do it three times, or or the the rough section three times, uh, two times in one stage and one time in, in a different stage. Them areas we tend to push hard regardless. Um, 
and and I knew I would get time there. And, and plus, when you you know that you have uh, WRC suspension and arms and uprights, you know that it can, and you know the ways that it'll take that abuse. It's made to take that abuse uh, much much more than an R5 car. So uh, we 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 really did push on on that to get get our time there. So when you, so when you got your puncture, did you guys have to change mid stage because that is that where that two minute loss came, or did you actually have to limp it to the end? Yeah. So what happened? Um, yeah, we got the puncture actually at the start of the stage, and you know, we I think we had like a thirty five forty minute hold up at the start of the stage, and we were running our tire pressures pretty low. Um, so when the the tires obviously cooled down and and probably dropped, you know, four to five psi when they cooled down, so we started the stage. Uh, and basically, the first left-hand corner, we uh, ended up just beating the tire off the rim oh. just by, by leaning into the corner. So I should have, but you should have, could have, would have, but uh, we, we, I made the decision to try and drive it, a silly decision. I should have just pulled in immediately and, and just t- took the, you know, you, you can do a tire change in a minute and a half typically if, if everything's perfect. So uh, I probably should have done that and try not lose the road position at least. But um, we drove for about, I believe, two and a half, three miles with the front right puncture. And then eventually the tire just completely delaminated us. And uh, we had this, we just stopped and, and changed it. So we dropped a, a, about two minutes, 40 seconds, I, I believe, in around that to Travis. And... Um, yeah, it was it was a silly. Minute. I should have just pulled in at the start. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I mean, it's all hindsight. <laughs> you know, when the tire was off, I, I could have made the choice. You know, it, it's got the stronger wheels on it, uh, the rims, and you know they're designed to drive on on gravel. So hindsight, I could have drove on with no tire on the rim too, but risk doing more damage to to the car. But it, it's only a new car for me, and I, I don't really. <laughs> I didn't feel the need to damage it anymore. Well, it's a fantastic piece of machinery, and, and, and I hope that, uh, you know, whatever the dealings with ARA, we, they figure out a way to make it allowed. I mean, to me, it's like, I, I felt like Subaru got a little bit of a, a, a taste of what they've been doing for years in that, you know, you're going as fast as you can in an R5+, plus, uh, and they're still doing 10 seconds a stage on you, you know, a second a mile. And there's just, like, nothing you can do. And the reverse happened here. Yeah, well, listen, you know, their car is just, you know, there is, the arrow is in the front of their car as well, you know, and mm-hmm. they are a, they're a wide-body car, you know, them cars are eight and a half inches wider than your standard uh, Subaru road car. You know, it's not noticeable because the, the car has been fattened with carbon panels. You know, and I'm not saying that this car isn't the same way. Um, like the the reason why my car is widened out was because of safety, so that there can be more padding in the doors for for the the WRC drivers, so uh, and co-drivers. So you know, it's a safety aspect too. But um, yeah, you know, I've been you know the Subaru, like they have a nice stable car, white car, and um, you know it's a it's a it's a pretty unique car. It's, it's not a, a group end or a group A Subaru. It's a it's a highly modified car. 
yeah, it's it, it's it's a manufactured, you know, it's a race car, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Start exactly. with a shell and you build out and uh, you know, within this, you know, whatever the limits of the regulations can let you get away with. I mean, that's that's what manufacturers have been doing for generations, right? That's right, you know, and I, I think it's just, you know, obviously we didn't tell people that we were taking this car here because why would you show your cards, you know, before you you play like so everybody just got a bit of a shock it was coming uh, you know we're, we're fully we fully believe that we're within the rules um we didn't just pull this car out of the hat you know uh, you know I, I went to the bother of removing the act of differentials out of it and the paddles you know that actually didn't need to be removed from the car i could have just added a hundred pound extra into the car because that's what the regs say if you want to use an active diff you can just take a hundred pound weight penalty but we wanted to build the car as close to the way the regs are and uh, are within the, the regs, and that's what we did. And you know, so what what basically you know, they're talking about, uh, we believe, is, is they have their opinion on we have our opinion on it. The unfortunate part is uh, DRA regulations are very, uh, they're very short. There's not a good description anything on them so it's uh what a bit of luck we can work it out anyway and, and continue to use it well i guess that was one last question for you is what's it like to have that level of competition of not just you but ken block out there travis um and brandon as we know as an up-and-comer boy that kid can be quick uh yeah listen when i was actually uh i you know when we had the lead i wasn't paying too much of just me and leon we were just trying to do our own thing for the rally and then when we dropped all that time you know i was asking leon then our times where were we to third place and uh he was telling it was you know brandon was third and you know we were x amount of time away from him and uh, you know i actually would have rather it been any of the other drivers because i know when brandon goes hard you know from the battles that uh, me him and travis had last year that when Brandon really pushes, you know, it's very hard to get any time out of him. And it happened to me on, on, the, exact, on the Show Me 100 Acre Wood Rally uh, five months ago. Me and Brandon, I led the rally, and then we, I had a, a, a rear differential issue, and we got a we had a 30-second penalty leaving service, plus we dropped like nine seconds in, in the stage and left me and Brandon on an even time. But for me to try and get back our time over... I believe it was like uh, three or four stages. Uh, you know, I couldn't. I, I could only get a, a hand, a very small handful of seconds. So we give it everything. You know, we again lucky enough we had that that rough stage to do two times, and that's the one that we kept getting good time on, where the guys were a bit more conservative over the rough, um, the the rough sections. We we were not. We we give it everything we could. And and actually, one last thing, just the whole team. You know, you've got uh, how many cars out there were McKenna car run cars? Uh, there were seven of my own cars there, and then we run uh, two other cars. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> you have turned our sport into uh, a pretty professional, um, you know, ride and drive scenario for for a lot of people that uh, you know building their own would be a little much or, you know, maintaining their own, you know, having their own crew, you know, having you kind of handle all that. It's just, it's really changed things. And I think for the better. Yeah. And it's good. You know, there's a, you know, a couple of young drivers now coming up through in the R2s as well. So, 
like uh, it, it's fantastic to to watch the, them you know battle amongst themselves and it's it's really it, it's 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 good to watch you know it's it's bringing a bit of fun into the thing you know for us to to sit back and watch them and be a part of it. and having Ken there the, this weekend you know and Skoda was was great to see you know it was it was uh, it was good to have them now. Well, we'll see you at uh, Olympus, I believe, coming up here uh, next month, right? That's right, yeah. We'll be over there. I think we have seven or eight cars again going now. Awesome. That sounds really exciting, and I, I cannot wait to see that car of yours in person. Um, I, feel like, I feel like a little school kid, you know, all giddy, because that just... It's not very often that uh, something like that uh, we're able to see on our shores, and um, although it's slightly altered... It's still, you know, the core of it is is what's used at the top level. And honestly, this is this is the end of that era, right? There, when they switch to hybrid and all that, I don't think we will have a performance rally car like this ever again. This is the end. Yeah, I believe it is. It's um, next year's car, uh, I, or the next year's spec. I'm. I'm not too. We we we'll see, you know. But it, they always change it, and and you never know where they're going to come back to. You know, the, I don't know if the hybrid thing is fully fully worked out yet, or or will it get fully worked out too? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, at a minimum, uh, it's going to be more weight though, and and it's just not going to be quite the same performance that we see today. And you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens over time. You know, as technologies improve with batteries and things like that. But at least for, right. for a while, I, I think this is going to be. You know, this is our Group B era, and it's, like I said, I don't think we would see anything like this performance-wise the same number of years, probably another 30 years before we get something like this again. And uh, that's so cool yeah. that you have one and that you're able to uh, come out and show what it can do. Uh, it sounds good, too. <laughs> it doesn't just look good. It just sounds yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's crisp. It's definitely <laughs> nice. All right, well... Again, congratulations on uh, coming back into a third place. You are now, I believe, uh, you're, you're in third in the championship, but like one point behind Brandon. So yeah. uh, it's yeah, right nice. there and a, a good battle this season and uh, some good competition out there. So really good stuff. Yeah, we're, we're going to push We're going to push them to the end. You know, obviously we want to uh, win the championship again. So and uh, that's we, we'll be definitely pushing for the, the, the rest of the season. All right. Well, our current defending champion, Barry McKenna, thanks so much for chatting with us for a little bit, giving us some details on that awesome car, and uh, look good out there. And like I said, we'll uh, see you at Olympus, man. Thank you, Mike. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye. Martin Brady, how are you doing, man? I'm okay, thank you. And you? I'm doing quite well. So, an, an eventful weekend. Um, not the results you were looking for, but uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is, where the hell's that speed keep coming from? Because... <laughs> Cooper's been getting faster and faster, and yet, let's be honest here, Seamus isn't a spring chicken. <laughs> he still keeps getting quicker and quicker, man. Yeah, Seamus has, he, he has a lot of rallies done, obviously, and we have a lot of rallies done together. So I suppose we're he's always wants to be competitive and always wants to get faster. He's, you know, he's never one for, for just turning up to be one of the, you know, make up the numbers. Mm-hmm. And the escort, as you know, is not really. It's it's uh, it's not a regular escort. It's not a regular car. So it's it's always a work in progress, in that we're always trying to improve things and, and get it a little bit better and fix some things. And uh, last year we struggled a lot with steering, 
And we thought we had it sorted towards the end of the year, probably for Show Me last year. And certainly we got it better, but not where it needed to be. So, and then Olympus, we had um, we had a breakage and the front suspension. And, you know, there was things that needed to be changed on the car over the winter. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't quite ready for snowdrift. I was very much voting to go to snowdrift in the escort because... Uh, Maybe I was just looking for a real challenge, but um, I said to Seamus, you know, why, why, why wouldn't we go on the escort? And I think his answer was, "What's wrong with your head?" So it was, it was a firm no from him about uh, going to Snowdrift in the escort. It was always the plan to go on the Evo, which we did, and we had a good result, and we enjoyed it. It, it you know, it, it ran, it ran okay for us. Um, we we let the result come to us. In, in hindsight, looking back at it, it was quite a good result. And, you know, you would find it hard to think that we could have finished any higher than we did in Snowdrift. But it was always the plan to come back to the Escort for 100 Acre. And um, there was some steering changes made to the car, new power steering pump moved to a different place and all these other uh, metal things moved around that is beyond my understanding. But as soon as Seamus drove the car here in Georgia, just very literally around a, a car park, essentially, he pronounced himself very happy with the car and felt good, felt confident and felt that the steering was working the way he wanted it to, and um, we just went 100 Acre with, with that confidence, and, and the times came, and you know, 100 Acre is a rally that we've done quite a few times now, so we're familiar with it. I think we have good notes for it, because because it's so fast, your notes are slightly different there. You know, say a, a 4 plus in 100 acres, not a 4 plus anywhere else, and so on. So we, we just, yeah, just hit the ground running, and... Um, I would have said on the first loop, we didn't think we were very quick, or I certainly didn't feel that we were overextending ourselves. But the times were good, um, with a few small issues, and I thought that had held us back a bit. We we had an overheating issue, which probably sapped some of our concentration, I would say, a little bit. And maybe we thought we were going slower than we were, but the times were very good, got to service fixed the overheating problem and um, had a very good second loop to finish out the day. And it just went on from there. But unfortunately, um, you know, we sort of had a bit of a chuckle about it. We were essentially, we were leading two wheel drive and you could say we were, we were leading uh, unofficially leading R5 as well, because we were in front of the, the R5 cars and uh, we, we, we took a bit of pleasure in that and we enjoyed that. And it, it, it made for a bit of, you know, a bit of chat and a bit of banter amongst the, the other guys that were in the R5 cars, wondering, as you say, where we had got the turn of speed out of. Uh, but we were always determined to hit the ground running on Saturday. We had, By that point, we had a, you know, a, a comfortable enough or as comfortable as you could imagine uh, lead over Mike in the Lexus. And um, we were just ready for a good day. And we found ourselves, I think we were... I'm going to say we were fifth um, just in front of Johnny Sullivan, who was having an excellent rally. And when we went out in the last loop, it was sort of the plan. If we could stay there, great. If not, two-wheel drive was still coming our way, hopefully. And that was our plan. And unfortunately, then on stage 12, we had another breakage, similar but not identical to what happened to us in Olympus. So it was a little bit disappointing because of that to be back in the same place again. Uh, stuck on the side of the road but you know what can you do that's that's rally cars and hopefully you know the guys can have a look at it and um, re-engineer it make it better for the next day and hopefully that'll be the end of that problem because um, we uh, we don't want to lose a result like that again because 
you know, it's a long championship and uh, points make prizes. And technically, in four-wheel drive at the moment, or in two-wheel drive, I should say, we have zero points. So yeah, we, we need to rectify that in Olympus. Well, I, I'm just—I was just looking back at the times, and yeah, you guys were sixth overall um, at, at yeah. one point, and before it all went wrong. But I, I'm looking at these stage times, though, and you had no stage time that was uh, slower than tenth fastest, and that was the very first stage. Okay. <laughs> um, overall, and against this competition, right? I mean, I don't remember a field like this. Uh, the closest <laughs> I can think of was when Antoine Lestage showed up at Oregon Trail uh, with the WRC car from the 05 wrc car and then you had higgins and then you had ken block there and it was like okay this is gonna be an all-out battle in 2013 i think that was yeah and i don't think i've seen that stacked of a front field plus all these r5s now that are really competitive as well some of them reprogrammed to r5 plus uh in an open class <laughs> and yet you guys are right up there yeah we were and i mean it's not false modesty or i'm not trying to have present false modesty when I say that it didn't feel that awfully awfully quick to us you know we, we knew we were driving Seamus was driving well everything was just clicking well and I suppose it was one of those quintessential um everything was just going was going right for us and the speed was coming Seamus had confidence in the car he hasn't had in so long and I felt he was driving better than he had ever done in that car and I, the last time I remember us going at that pace, that comfortably was uh, uh, Lake Superior. I can't remember the year, but I can remember the result. It's the it's the year that we stopped in the in the swamp and <laughs> flooded the car in every sense of the word. And um, up until that, yeah, we were going we were going quick. So it, it felt like stuff was coming at us at that pace again. But wow. it's nice when you're in that flow, though, right? You know, you're in sync, yeah. and I, I guess that's probably why it doesn't feel so fast because when you're in such a close communication and, and everything's just right you're not having to worry about things it's just there yeah i i think it i think it was like that and yeah that's probably a good way of describing it and um we were we were happy with the times but um we did a little bit of looking well i have to coax seamus into doing it but we did a little bit of a look on friday night at the inca with a view to the stage that was repeated it was stage one that was also going to be stage 14 so we had a bit of a look at that, and I thought we were going quite quick, but Seamus thought different. You know, he could see places where we had left time behind us, and um, yeah. So I, 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 when when he pointed stuff out, I was agreeing with him, and then also on the stage that everyone knows quite well, uh, KP to uh, what we would normally know as the, the long version of KP to Ollie, mm -hmm. uh, ran in a slightly different format this year that we did. I would say the back half of it first. Uh, with the cattle guard jump and then we came around on the transit to do what's normally the front half of that stage so I mean we've done that stage many times we're familiar with it and um, watch some of our in, in car I mean I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head but I know there was one stage where Seamus we last on that stage in 2019 and I'm going to say we were 30 seconds quicker over that stage than, than he was that year <laughs> and you know you're wondering where the speed obviously cars move on things move on everything moves on but um to move on that much obviously we were doing something right but as i say it didn't feel it didn't feel massively massively quick and i'm sure we could go on and, and hopefully we would go on at that pace again uh olympus is a different rally so we'll the plan is to go there for sure in the escort again and we'll we'll see what we can do as regards picking up two wheel drive points there but 
you know, to you, you talk about the front of the field being very stacked, and and yes, it was, and that's a whole other discussion. Two wheel drive is very very busy this it year. Is. I mean, we have you know Brad Morris is leading the championship, and um, Keen McCormick is very very close in his heels in second. Uh, I'm not sure where Mike Cooper is. He's probably not too far away from that either. You know, obviously we're we're further back. We're on nil point. So um, you got Andre Durazio. Yes, that's right. He he had a good rally. You know, he picked up a good result. Well, no, sorry, he not here. He had a but it's at Snowdrift. He had a DNF. Yeah, he had a very good result at Snowdrift. So he came in with he came in with solid points. But uh, you know, there's there's all those guys there. I I mean. Andre woke people up to how obviously how quick he can go on, um, on on snowdrift. But I had seen his times in the latter half of I think it, I'm going to say it was when we were in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and um, and he was in an R1 car then. Yes, 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 and his times, just watching what I mean, we did slow off a bit on the last loop, and he got quicker. But I just remember looking at the times. Looking down the street and going, oh, he's 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 kind of closer to us than I expected. So, yeah, the kid, the, the guy can drive for sure. And unfortunately, yeah, he had it for him. He had a zero, yeah, uh, a turbo in, in hundred acre. And uh, but I think, you know, Brad is 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 getting quicker, and Brad's another guy who, you know, like like Seamus is determined to come to a rally and not make up the numbers. And he's 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 getting quicker and will be quicker, and he's in a very good car, which he's getting more and more comfortable with. So, you know, and Brad is very experienced. He he knows the value of getting points in every rally. So he's definitely going to be a challenger this year, without doubt. And I mean, he's already 29 points up the road in front of us. So he's, you know, he's in pole position there in every sense of the word. But Keen McCormick on 28 points in the championship had a, a very, very strong result. A mature result, I would say. Him and Raquel, you know, they, they drove around, got their finish in third and got their points. And He's definitely one to watch because he's he showed his pace in in Rally New York. Um, surprised a few people with his pace there. He was not me, I would say, because I saw how quick he went in Colorado before he had mechanical troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, Snowdrift obviously knocked the wind out of his sails a little bit with a, a bit of a bang on the the infamous corner that caught so so many people in the rally. Um, so for him to finish how he did in in Hundred Acre, you know, coming back from from uh, an, an unsettling, let's say, snowdrift. I think he did very, very well, and he's he's going to go. He, he's going to continue to get better, and um, definitely one to watch. And then you, you know, Ryan Sanders is there in the championship as well. Never to be discounted. He scored some consistent. points as well. He's yeah, very consistent. Yeah. And again, when it comes yeah. to uh, kind of like Andre, right? The an R one car that really kind of has no business being that far up the you would yeah, the field. yeah you would you would say that but if you can if you can keep the car on the road and finish and get some points that's i keep saying it points make prizes and that's that's what you've got to do i know it's a long season and um Nate tennis as well i know he had mechanical trouble he had a good result in snowdrift but i know he had mechanical troubles in hundred acre um olympus has taken him back more into home territory so he won't he won't be slow there. The the BRZs always go well in Olympus. So you know it's it's all to play for. It's all it's all to happen. Um, I'm obviously speaking with a a slant towards two wheel drive because that's where we are. But oh, it's, it's been it's my another... favorite class to follow. Um, so yeah, great. And like I said, you guys were mixing it with the guys uh, ahead of you. But 
you had to keep a close eye behind because they weren't far behind. No, no, they weren't. And, and um, Johnny Sullivan uh, had a great result. You know, his first time out in R5, he um, and Cameron, I watched some of their in-car today. They were, he was driving very, very smooth. Um, you know, real, real good in-car. He didn't seem to be overexerting himself. Didn't, he was just, it was, it was smooth and controlled and um, they were very much in control of what was happening. Um impressive for his first time out in, in the R5 so he's whatever rallies he comes back to um, he's definitely going to be quicker than he was the last day I've, I've no doubt about that you know from the front of the field there's a fantastic battle going on there you have indeed Travis with two wins can't can't have a better scorecard than that at this point in the season uh, Brandon obviously dropped some points in 100 acre because of some mechanical trouble that dropped him back uh, but then you have Barry just right on their heels and you know, it it can't be discounted. Okay, he had a puncture which deflated his rally in more ways than one. But you know, the speed he got as he got more and more familiar with his new car towards the end of it really has laid down a marker for he's coming on strong. He's coming like a train for the rest of the season, and uh, glad to see that and excited to see that. And it's it's given and it's 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 breathed something. Barry was never behind or off the pace in any car he brought to the championship before but now I think the new car has elevated things to a level where it's really really taken the battle to Subaru and it's going to be fantastic to be watching that from a front row seat in the rallies but also for people at home while we have no spectators coming to rallies um, it's it's going to be a fantastic battle to follow and uh it it has really been set up in such a way that you know Barry's Barry's chasing the Subarus, but I think he's, I like to think he's he's going to catch them. And of course, you know, as much as I love the Subarus and they're iconic, and Travis and Brandon are fantastic drivers and great great teammates and all that, and Subaru are fantastic. I would have to say, from a, a, a national point of view, you have to I'd have to back the Irishman, have to back Barry and Leon, and uh, as a Ford fan, first and foremost. I really hope that again this will be this will be their season to to uh, you know chase the championship and, and catch it again this year. They've got the car that can do it now. For so many events, for so many years, he'd be as fast as he could. Previously, it was Subaru that was taken ten seconds of stage on him, and you know it, I, there's nothing else he could have given. Uh, you could just tell, and so it's kind of reversed that for now. But we'll see. Different rallies have different you know aspects to them, so. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, and it's it's it has the fact now that I mean, where else can you think really in the world at a at a national level or a privateer level? Is there a Fiesta WRC? There isn't one really, and there's come to that there isn't a Hyundai or a Toyota or even latter day Citroens anywhere in the championship. So I think people need to see that as a a sign of how exciting the championship is that you know area has this car in the championship and we're we're very lucky to have it uh, you know to have such fantastic machinery at the front of the field it's i believe it's a privilege for spectators and fans to see it and to follow it and i think in its own special way having this car here has ignited the media interest in the american rally championship and and in area area by by the fact that you know everywhere else in the world there's not too many rallies happening either yeah with everything that's going on in the world. So people are, are hungry for rally content and exciting rally content and, you know, exciting cars. And we have that right here. 
So I think, um, you know, it's a rising tide lifts all boats. I think this carbine here and in Barry's capable hands will bring nothing but good news to the championship. And I know certainly from an Irish point of view, I've never had as many messages after a rally or people <laughs> interested in it as I had as I had this weekend. You know, but again, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Irish flags on the on the results. Um, so that that led it to that. But but people are people are watching and it's it's very exciting to have it here. And people hark back to the days of Group B and the Quattros and the six or fours when they were rallying and, and look at it with rose tinted glasses as it was an iconic time. Everything has its era and everything is of its time. You know, the Group A cars when they were rallying, although some people thought that, you know, they weren't the spectacle of the Group B, I certainly did. And I, I look back in nostalgia now with the days when I was watching the Group A Legacies and the Escort Cosworth Group A's and then it moved into the WRC's and I can remember the excitement of seeing the first Subaru WRC on an Irish rally and, you know, I can remember the excitement of seeing the first, going to the first WRC event and seeing WRC cars driven driven at that pace and we're, we're, we're boots on the ground in that sort of a moment here now in the American Championship and that you have the Subarus, you know, very well developed cars at the front of the field. Uh, you know, a, a, a manufacturer entry almost or of sorts, as far as I can tell, or I can say. And then you have now we have a, a modern day WRC car here, so it's 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 a good thing, and I think it's a privilege to be here and 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 watching it. And then also that's bringing more attention to the sport, and we have the the amount of R fives that we have now in the championship. I I think we're in a pretty healthy position at the minute and um, we need to grasp it and, and appreciate it and enjoy it and run with it while it's happening. And in my opinion, this is actually a huge nod to how well Subaru has done, right? The fact that Barry has to get a WRC car to, you know, compete with those guys, that goes to show just, it, it really is. It's just, it's a hat tip to Subaru. They've done such a good job in their development, but that's what it takes to take them on. Yeah, because, I mean, those cars are, are very well developed. They're very suited to, I would say, the American Championship because of the experience that they have over many, many years, um, both as a team and, the you know, the engineers know the lay of the land and the drivers know the lay of the land. So Subaru are, are very strong. They've got a they've got a very solid base. And from Mont Sports Car, are, you know, there's no team in the championship that can have laid their hands on more miles of data and more miles of experience you're not going to race those guys in an R5 you can try and on occasion Barry has has ran them close and I'm thinking in particular um, last year in, in Ohio you know an R5 car can in certain rallies maybe close the yeah. gap or but in an overall championship sense no you're going to have to bring something that's in in their in their wheelhouse or in their area and um yeah, it seems that's that's the the modern day WRC car. But I, again, I keep coming back to the point that it's it's just so nice to see it here because where else is it in the world? No other championship has one of these cars outside of the world championship that that I'm aware of. I mean, who else has driven one of these on on a rally that's not a WRC round? Baltry bought us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who else? Uh, was it? Uh, I mean. Not on a on a WRC round, but didn't Kali Ravenpera do it as a test? You know, he did an event outside the WRC. I think it was a, a national last year. Yeah, I think it was. So I think that was about it on on that one. But 
as far as yeah. you know being able to purchase a current you know 2017 plus era wrc car ford m sport is the only one offering them up for sale um and i believe there's what four or five of them that have ever been sold mads osberg had one you got uh Giannis, right uh the guy the guy up there in finland that uh ended up having a tragic accident in the sauna um and yeah there's like a couple out there but yeah i didn't i didn't actually know that those those cars were in privateer hands i thought they were perhaps uh, a rented car from from them so i i didn't know i didn't yeah i didn't I didn't follow it that that closely. Yana's, I know, is he owns that one because he actually came to LSPR in 2019 and was talking yes. about that car and potentially bringing it over the U.S. Um, oh, okay. And, and seeing how he could maybe run it here, but um, and, and Barry had to make some significant changes to the car to uh, adhere to the rules. I, I know there's a lot of changes that he did. Um, still, yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the obvious the obvious one was um, those cars in the World Championship run paddle shift, and that's that's not an option here so that was yeah that would be the first and the and most the different motor he's running change. the two liter uh lesser developed motor he's not running the current wrc motor yeah that's that's correct because again you know why wouldn't you uh 1600 may just not have the the capabilities to race the the subaru with them um, I, I i think they have a two liter they certainly it's not a 1600 i think it's two liter in that car mm-hmm. so yeah you, you you instantly be putting yourself at a disadvantage with the 1600 engine and, and, and why would you do that? You know, but I mean, these cars, they do end up in privateer hands. Um, I've co-driven in one of the, uh, 20, I think it was a 24, I'm going to say it was a 2014 car, mm-hmm. um, at home in Ireland. They, they're on occasion. They have come into privateer hands, but it's not, it's not that prevalent really to, to get a brand new car out of, out of M sport, um, in, in this fashion. I don't know. Would you see a day when Toyota will do that or Hyundai will do that? Um, they they haven't yet. Um, Volkswagen certainly never did. I I cannot think of a Volkswagen that ended up in privateer hands. Um, in when you know when they were in the championship, Citroen. I'm not so sure. I think there may or may not be some competing in France. I don't know. I know certainly it it was used as the Pirelli test car last season, right? Uh, for test and development, but you don't. You don't rock up to a rally that isn't a WRC event and, and see these cars, so they're a rare beast. The beast that you ride in has been phenomenal, and uh, I, I know that you have that niggling issue to uh, to resolve, but I'm looking forward to seeing you at Olympus, man. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we will do. And, um, you know, it's, it's again, it's a car that um, I think people seem to like because we can so many people can i saw a very interesting uh well interesting to me anyway video uh from show me last year i just found it randomly on youtube one day i think i was searching for some of our old in car or something and found this video of these guys standing and uh you know they're videoing and they're excited and oh here's 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 burke you know here's the escort coming and they're saying he's coming he's coming he's coming and the video runs to something like I think it's over a minute and 15 seconds or something before we actually do appear at the shot. And <laughs> oh, that's, that's the great. thing, you know, that, that car is, it's, it's so loud. And, uh, I always say to people, it's, it's not as loud in the car as it is behind the car or standing outside of it. But, uh, yeah, you, you pull up to start lines and you automatically, now you see 
timekeepers and volunteers that that know us coming. They're they're already sticking their uh, their fingers in their ears. So I like to think it's the escort they're trying to dumb themselves down. You know, dumb dumb down the volume from not nah, not 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 us as a crew. So yeah, yeah, it'll it'll. I think it's a car that we're. I certainly were, we're lucky to compete in, and it'll it'll live long in the memory as well for its for its own reasons. You know, definitely. And, it's, uh, it's I'm look, looking forward. You know? Yeah, looking forward to coming to Olympus. Um, I always enjoy Olympus because, you know, for me it has uh, it, it evokes a special meaning in that it was of its time uh, a world championship round and of its time, uh, in fact, the, the last round, the last place the Group B cars were seen. Yes. So yeah, I always like think it's a, a bit of a privilege to, to compete in that and to compete in that area. It's it's an interesting part of the, the jigsaw of WRC history. So it's always nice to have the opportunity and um, and they're excellent stages as well. Would you like to see the WRC come back to the States sometime? I think it should. I think it's I I, I would say it's stronger than I would like to see it. I really hope it can. Uh, I think there should be a path to it happening. I think the attention that's been focused on the championship now because of, you know, the amount of our fives that are in, that are on the continent, as well as the, uh, the exciting cars we've spoken about at the front. I, I think this sort of stuff will m- make it easier to have the conversation that it should happen. And I think it should happen. And, and I would be bolder than to say it, it should happen. I would go a step further and say that why not have a round on the West Coast, such as in the area of Olympus, and why not have an event on the East Coast? It could be done. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, the US is a huge market. It's a, it's a huge area. I, if you I think were going to pick two mm, events that you would have as WRC rounds, what would they be? <sighs> you're, you're putting me in a really difficult position here because the rally that I would like to run is impossible unless you're going to run it like on, on a console because I would like to do a couple of stages from Snowdrift a couple of stages from STPR <laughs> and um, uh, I'd, I, you know, I'd pick a couple of stages from each rally. You know, Your I'd transit times would suck, man. <laughs> this is we'd, 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 have to, we'd have to run the rally over five days because, uh, you know, how could you, how could you do it and not have Concord Pond? How could you do it and not have, um, you know, it, it's, it's the, the, the stage in what we, what we had in New York last year with the, the stages that had the jump when you go into the, the narrow twisty stuff at the back of that stage it's as it is it's as difficult a place as you're going to get to call notes and keep your place in it it's a real challenging stage um so i'd like to see the wrc come to that stage and you know stpr would have some fantastic stages because I, I just i couldn't pick i couldn't pick one place on the east coast but and then come the know, PIR for the super special stage, so all the fans can be out there. There we go. We should do that, yeah. And why not? <laughs> yeah, we should do that. And you know, if you're talking transit times, sure. If we're transiting from one side of the country to the other, stop off in Indianapolis or something like that. You know, <laughs> just go go completely go completely wild. But uh, yeah, I, I think I I dearly love to see it happen. And sure, yeah. you know, we can dare to dream. But I think there's a possibility there somewhere. It just it wouldn't happen overnight, but I think it could happen. I mean, if if I were running the WRC, I would I would have more tarmac events in it because that's yeah. I would say being Irish, that's my first love. But the stages that we have here in the US for for loose surface are just as good as anything else that's out there, and offer something would offer something different than what the championship has at the moment. And you see, in the last number of years, Formula One 
exploring so many new territories. And okay, the purists might say that it's sad to see X or Y circuit no longer on the series, but you can't have everything. And it's, it's nice to have a spread so that the sport is brought to other people and, and new territories and that sort of thing. So why can't the same happen in rallying? And it's a new challenge, you know, when, when drivers don't have a history there, they've got to write new notes and all that stuff. It, it brings up a new challenge instead of, uh, you know, all this experience that they had before. It, it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, definitely it does, because, in you know, certain WRC drivers are, are going to events like I, I can think of a story of a, another driver in Corsica when they had a, an, an intercom issue. And if you looked at their times versus when they ran the stage cleanly with no issues versus when they ran it without an intercom. The, it was astounding to see how marginal the gap was between the two scenarios. These guys just, they have such familiarity with the stages because of, you know, there's lots of access to video and, and previous previous days um, in the car on those stages. So when you come to a new event, like the, the next round of the championship or even the last round of the championship in the, the Arctic Rally, um, it it just it 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 brings on such a new challenge. Obviously, it's I would say though it's more work for the poor co-drivers with you know new notes to write and uh, a lot more to familiarize yourself with. But when it comes to three, two, one, go, and you're on a new stage, it it really it throws up new opportunities and uh, new stories and different things can happen for people watching the event as well. So I, I think it I think it builds for a better story and it's it's certainly more challenging. So. These guys are the best in the world. They should be able to handle it. Let's throw it at them. Let's put them in the middle of adversity and see who comes out on top because it can mean, you know, different drivers having results that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise had because it the adversity would level the playing field for everybody or the, the unfamiliarity would, in theory, you would have to say, level the playing field a bit more for, for everybody. So why not? Indeed. Why not? All right, I want to. I'm very. I want to be very conscious of your time here, but I did have another question I was going to ask you: Is um, when you went over the uh, cattle guard jump, did you have to get air traffic control clearance? No, we didn't, but we we never do because Seamus very much subs subscribes to the idea: if you're up in the air, you're you're not going forward. Like, why would you be ten foot in the air? So we never really attack jumps that that crazy. So mm -hmm. that means that the few pictures that I do have, and I'm thinking of. Concord Pond and I'm thinking of Icicle Brook when we hit, particularly Icicle Brook because we hit a jump that we we didn't really have, it wasn't as advertised in our notes and it yeah. meant I have a fantastic, I have a fantastic picture of the escort, you know, six foot up in the air and they're the, they're the pictures that I come back to the most but it is a, a small regret of mine that I have yet to have a picture of us really high or as high as I think we should be out over the cattle guard jump but Mr. Burke just does not see the benefit in being up in the sky over it. So we don't do that. But to be fair to him, the, the time wasn't bad this year. So uh, maybe we don't need to be 10 foot in the air. But uh, yeah, but th I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of speed. There's plenty of other places in that stage where we were at big speed. You know, it's not the only grid that you need to be mindful of in that stage. There's another grid, perhaps three quarters of a mile further backstream in the stage where Travis came to grief a number of years ago I do believe uh, in his early days and um, that's one that we probably put a lot of caution into as well because it's um, 
it's in our notes it's something like that I think it's a it's a two left two left don't cut it's a long note it's a two left care don't cut don't go wide pastrana so that's yeah <laughs> gotta have a pastrana note in there yeah we're, we're yeah. careful of that one yeah yeah and it, 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 it works well and we have another don't want to give away all our secrets but also in that stage we have a note called Antoine's and I'm sure Antoine will tell you straight away which which particular junction that is but we have a yeah we have one there that's called Antoine's that we straight away we know what what that means it that one word explains uh probably a whole sentence of what to do or what not to do so so that works pretty well but um uh we'll have to wait a few years before we we let that secret out <laughs> there's no there's no events happening um back here at home at the moment and we we still face an uncertain future as to when motorsport will start really opening up again so um all efforts and all excitement is going into what will what will happen us in, in the US this year. We are talking about um, going to the uh, Roger Albert Clark the RAC Rally. Oh yeah. At the the uh, yeah we're we're making plans for that. Um, we had uh, a good result there last time, but I felt we could have had a better result. We had a you know a few things that we could have went better for us, and a few things we could have done better. But it's it's a very challenging event, you know, five six days in the car, and um, we're we're making plans already as to how we can we can do it this year and, and maybe try and give an even better account of ourselves over there um, this year, hopefully. And um, I think it'll be a good event, and I think you might find perhaps Mr. McKenna will be back to it because he had a very good result last time. He'll he'll come back in his historic car. It'll be a big step change for him to go back to. From the you know the most modern and current Ford product that you can get back to uh, historic spec Ford, and and us we'll, we're going back to a, a quieter Ford because you know Seamus has a, a historic <laughs> spec car sitting sitting in Ireland. But yeah, that's something to look forward to at at the end of the year. That'll be um, hopefully the the treat at the end of the year. But we're at the minute we're very much focused on the championship and gathering up points and and seeing what we can do. Um, because as I say, Seamus is as as competitive as ever. So we know our goal, and we're going to we're going to try and chase. We're going to do our best to chase these guys down, and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, be be uh, in the right place come the the last round of the season again. Well, thank you, Martin, for taking the time to chat with me. Um, wow, anytime, Mike. <laughs> like that, uh, 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 not the result you wanted, but yet at the same time such fabulous times and, and to see you guys in sync like you said like you haven't had in years with that kind of speed and pace and uh, feeling comfortable doing it that should scare the hell out of a lot of other drivers <laughs> so we'll, well done there we'll, we'll see we'll see well yeah we'll see hopefully all right well take care thank you thank you very much mike see you in olympus uh-huh. bye-bye cameron carr hey winner of uh the rc2 class yeah man it was awesome it's been a great weekend up here so can you still hear me oh yeah i got you loud and clear man awesome awesome so is this your first time being in one of those in one of those r5 cars yeah it is actually that was uh mine and johnny both our first time in there um he's rented some r2 turbos from mckenna a couple times Mm -hmm. ran ohio and uh, new england in the past and then we did the uh, new york forest rally together in an r2 turbo and um yeah this is our first time in an r5 that's one hell of a way to start out our five debut. Jeez. I know. It, it was one of the toughest rallies, I think, that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've ran 100 Acre Wood about, 
probably five or six times now and i've crewed out there a couple more and honestly these are the probably the roughest conditions i've ever seen out there i think um mainly just because we ran southern loop so many times and I, it looks like they must have had a lot of rain or something that washed that road out because it was it was pretty bad yeah because we've been there before when it rained pretty good I'm, I'm remembering 2019 we had a similar situation it rained just before the event and then you know dried up during the event and yeah you had some pretty deep water splashes again a challenge um you had some mud but it but it just didn't seem like it was quite as rutted and rough as this time around yeah um we were surprised on recce i mean i i told him coming into it i said you know southern loop's gonna be pretty rough and I said, well, it's not going to be anything near as bad as probably what you've seen because I think he did STPR as well with the waste management stages. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't think it's going to be that bad. And, uh, yeah, we got on the recce, and we were both shocked. But uh, we definitely destroyed our rental car a little bit in the process of doing that. (laughs) I don't think you're the only one. I've heard of uh, several people having some rental cars with some uh, (laughs) extra things to get fixed when it got back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we um we ended up popping two tires, and um, we almost actually ran out of gas. Um, we had a Ford EcoBoost, and it was just eating through fuel. I mean, we did the top, the north um, three stages, and we got done with those doing two loops, and we were almost out of fuel, and uh, we filled back up in Salem and went down south. And, yeah, we got through stage seven and then um, popped a tire on seven and then got to eight changed the tire and then popped another tire so we were just running it (laughs) and uh we got back to the main road and we had zero miles to empty and uh no cell service and we were kind of freaking out a little bit you know just wondering how we're gonna finish recce so it was interesting always an adventure man always an adventure (laughs) always tell me about friday because i mean that that's definitely a little bit more wide open and kind of flat out how was the comfort level going from an r2t or 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 the other r2s and and getting into that well um i was pretty nervous to start out with you know in the morning just knowing what we were getting ourselves into and i think johnny was as well you know just just the ordeal of getting the car ready and getting everything in place and the stress we had on recce i think we were both you know pretty stressed out in the morning just nervous and uh yeah, we got to the first stage and we actually forgot to turn on the anti-lag system in the car. So we were basically running in road mode and uh, we, we were in the stage and we we're both thinking like, man, this car is slow. Like, I mean, it felt slower than the Subaru just in transit mode. And uh, we got to the end of the stage and I was like, something's going on here. And we looked down and sure enough, we didn't have the anti-lag on or anything. So it was uh started stage two we got the anti-lag working and um right off the line i mean it just threw me back in the seat and we just kind of looked at each other after the stage like wow you know what (laughs) this is a completely different car so we were just trying to get used to the speed i mean we we put a lot of work into the notes and um did a little bit of video recce there at the end just to try to clean up some stuff and uh try to make it flow a little bit better because we knew we wouldn't have time for um too many you know minutiae details like you would have with Jimba notes so we tried to keep them pretty simple and uh yeah i mean just the the speed i mean i didn't stop talking the whole stage and um it was really impressive it took a couple stages to get used to it but wow. um 
that, yeah, that's it's how, just <laughs> you just have to constantly just be motor mouth the whole time because just one quarter after another no matter how long the straight is huh? just it just comes up that quick yeah and um johnny he uses a descriptive number first system like more akin to what they use in ireland like on the tarmac stages and if you've ever heard like martin brady's in car i mean he doesn't stop talking the whole time and yeah. i mean that's exactly what it felt like i mean it was honestly it was a whole lot of fun but yeah, I'm starting to lose my voice now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't keep you too long. But I did want to, you know, touch on, you know, what it was like doing Saturday stages because that was the challenging one. There's all those water splashes. There's the rougher roads. The, I mean, that's where the rally was won or lost. And you guys put in, you know, not only a successful run there, but some really good time. You guys ended up finishing uh, sixth overall, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um... To be honest with you, I mean, we talked before the event, and our goal was we just wanted to finish, get some seat time, and, um, you know, just try to get used to the car and, and how that's going to be. And honestly, we got done with the first day, and neither one of us had looked at any of the stage times until we got to the end, and we were both really shocked. I think we were in ninth going into the second day. And um, so we just said ourselves, you know, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Um, you know, there's no reason for us to push or anything, and, you know, we, we went out the first loop and just wanted to get a feel for the stages, how rough they were going to be. And, um, you know, there's definitely a couple of fast sections in there. And um, <clears throat> we tried to push it a little bit, you know, well within, you know, what we thought our limits were and just tried to keep it clean and tidy. And, and we managed to um, just be faster, you know, each run through the stage, which just being faster than our previous time was our goal. And, um, yeah, sure enough, I mean, I don't know how, honestly, but, yeah, we ended up in sixth. So we were really, really happy with that. This is the most R5s I think we've had in an event for a while. Um, now, granted, some of them have upgraded themselves to open by doing a bigger restrictor or some little things like that, but there was still quite the competition there versus, like, two. And there was yeah. five that were actually fully uh, <clears throat> set up to be, you know, just straight, you know, the R5, RC2 class. And, you know... <laughs> Once you guys fix that turbo, the uh, the issue with the anti lag, you won every stage that, that Ryan Booth didn't. I know he was putting down some really good times too. You know, obviously we didn't think we could touch him at all, but uh, no, I mean honestly, man, we just we were in competition with ourselves there, you know, and we just wanted to make sure we had some constant improvement throughout the day, and um, you know that's what we did. So you know, I'd honestly, I'd probably contribute some of our success to the attrition rate. I know Joseph Burke had some issues with his R5, and um, I'm not sure. I think maybe McCormick had a flat somewhere along the way as well. We saw him pulled over. But, uh, I mean, either way, it's rally. I mean, if you want to finish first, first you got to finish. And, um, you know, that was our goal. So, hey, we're really happy with it. So is the uh, the idea that you'll continue with the R5 from now on, that the upgrade's complete to go to the, uh, start moving uh, into that category? And this is going to be how you're going to run the championship? Um, yeah, hopefully. So that's another question we have right now. I mean, our goal this year was just to do a couple of events and get used to the car. But uh, I think Johnny and I both are really surprised and we're really comfortable, you know, riding together especially after this weekend. So I'm trying to push him to do at least, you know, a West Coast event so we could qualify for the national championship. But, uh, I mean, right now our plan is to run Ohio in the R5. So hopefully, you know, we get everything together and uh, go through the car because, um, honestly, we got, got the car picked up and went straight to the event. So even our crew were not really familiar with the car very much. So we just want to take it easy next couple of weeks and, you know, get ready for Ohio and just take it, you know, one event at a time. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it'd, it'd be fun to run the whole championship. 
Ah, well, we'd love to see out west for sure. So, you know, obviously no stranger to uh, stepping into something new. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off track from the rallying for a second. And <laughs> yeah. how are your flying lessons going, man? Uh, it's going really well, actually. Um, you know, I talked to you a couple months ago, and I was just thinking about getting into it. Um, I managed to find a flight club at my local airport that has a really, really, really cheap um, hourly rental rate and um, managed to find a flight instructor who is a 737 pilot for American Airlines, and he's currently on furlough uh, due to all the COVID last year. Um, he's been laid off for over a year now, and he was just itching to get back in a plane, and, you know, he actually loves instructing. Um, he doesn't really do it. He doesn't need the hours or anything, but uh, ended up being a really, really great teacher, and um, we laid out a plan, you know, and we've been hitting our milestones, but I've just been able to fly two or three times a week, which is a lot more than I had planned on doing. But, um, you know, I think it was probably best just to get through it and stay current with everything. It was just to hit it, you know, two, three times a week and study. And um, I was kind of bored over the winter time with no rallies going on. So just shifted my focus over to that. And, yeah, it's been going great. I uh, soloed a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. I've got about four hours. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy experience. You know, like, I mean, I'm comfortable stepping into a rally car, but the first time you line up on the runway by yourself and you look over and your instructor's not in the plane, it's it's a little unnerving. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, man. I, I love flying. When you yep. get when you first took off and you got in the air, yep. did you do something, like sing something or whatever? Did something pop into your head or? <laughs> I, think, um, I think what happened was I climbed up to 500, you know, yeah. and I've still got my hand on the throttle. And about 500 when I start that left turn, you know, and I looked back and I saw the runway and I looked over and my instructor's not there. And I kind of mumbled to myself like, oh, shit, you know, like, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I got to set the plane down now. But uh, actually, my first run through the pattern, I was a little too high coming off base and uh, I did a go around. So I was a little embarrassed, but I'm like, you know what? That's probably the safest move there. So got my first go around out of the way there. And um, after that, did the did that, the three landings. So I was going to say, that just <laughs> confirms that you're the safe pilot that, that we want, you know? I mean, yeah. to make that, it's that decision making. So yeah, Absolutely. I mean, just, you know, it's all muscle memory. Go, after, go, no. go do it again. You don't get really a second chance when you're on short final. And, you know, <laughs> Not at all. Exactly. So. Well done, man. Well done. Yeah, but yeah, just going back to that solo, my grandmother got her license uh, 53 years ago in a 172. And um, yeah, so she was up just visiting us. She just got her vaccine a couple weeks ago. So they came up to see us and uh, she got to be at the airport and she's actually the one that clipped my coattails. So it was really, really cool. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was like full circle. I mean, I'm growing up talking to her about flying. I have her old um, pilot manuals and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome. I mean, it's like a bucket list thing for us. So we're really excited. That's that's just so cool, dude. Um, unfortunately, yeah. my grandfather never got to see me solo um, or, or fly. He, he had passed away just before. And he always wanted to get his pilot's license. He was in uh, the Air Force yeah. his whole life. But, uh, mm-hmm. but he never got a chance to his... My grandma was was kind of against it, but uh, yeah. it was always just that influence of being around him in the Air Force stuff that that made me want to do it. And uh, it's also just one of those things that's such a good challenge. Um, 
your your mind has to just be so hyper focused and uh you know it's probably why you're such a good co-driver too it's it's you know it's you have to manage so many different things i find it kind of calming to be honest with you you know after you're after you're up in the air and you're cruising along just looking down i mean there's it's just kind of bliss for me you know it's really cool so we're um we're next to michigan international speedway and um we've got a class delta airport there and uh have a pretty good restaurant there so on the weekends it's, it's pretty busy with people coming in and doing touch and goes and stuff which is cool but i mean it's it's good practice you know i'd, I'd rather be in a towered airport with a little bit of traffic there yeah so, no that's cool yeah definitely yeah uh, I, I need yeah, to get more man, practice it's... on the radio <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the radio is another thing too that's funny it takes a while to get used to that but uh yeah man it's awesome i love it it's been a great couple months man really can't complain it's been a great year so far, so hopefully we can keep it up. I like flying the R5 a little bit more, but, um, yeah, planes are definitely a lot of fun. Well, with some of the jumps there, uh, I'm sure uh, you might have needed to get uh, – I, th- I think it was Martin Brady had written in an article about uh, getting air traffic control uh, clearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, that car, the, the speed in that thing, yeah, you get airborne very quickly. What was it like but, uh, uh, <clears throat> hitting the big cattle car jump in it? Honestly, I hit the – the jump with white bread a couple years ago and i don't know how fast we were going but that one hurt you know and i had a kind of a mild concussion after that just from hitting the side of the seat the containment seat my head kind of bobbled back and forth because the way we landed and uh so i was a little nervous about it but um you really don't feel it in that car i mean it landed and there was no bounce or anything we just kept going so i was a little nervous on the first one and uh, we landed that one. It felt great. And then the second pass through, I think we went a little little bit faster through there. So I'd like to see some photos on the second pass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the jump was awesome in that car. It's just it soaks up everything. I mean, it's it's just crazy. That suspension's just insane. Yeah, I mean, that whole car, I mean, everything about that thing is just built to uh, to rally, and it really shows. I was really, really impressed with it. We'll be seeing you at Southern Ohio then. That's the plan. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, I've, I'm, I got plans to come out to Olympus again. Um, oh, Travis cool. Nice uh, called me up a couple weeks ago, so it looks like Danny, Danny's still out. He's on deployment, and he yep. won't be back. And I think like the week after Olympus or something like that. So I'll jump in with Travis there for Olympus. We want to get some redemption there. You know, we broke on the first stage, launching <laughs> off the start. I was going to say so. you made it like 30 yards. <laughs> it <was laughs> yeah. <pretty bad. laughs> yeah, it was a little frustrating. We were both itching to go. Uh, we did the uh, the shakedown, and everything felt great. You know, that Evo is awesome. It's a fast car, well set up, you know. So, yeah, we were so excited, man. And then just three, two, one, and snap, you know, nothing. Yeah. So that's a big bummer. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we get some redemption here. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely see you there because I'll be up at Olympus. So, um, again, awesome. congratulations on this uh, fantastic result, uh, <clears throat> winning the RC2 class and then uh, ended up coming in sixth overall. That's that's a hell of an achievement, and I uh, look forward <laughs> to seeing you more in the R5 as well. And, again, congratulations yep. on uh, getting your coattail snipped for uh, Thank you. your, doing your first solo. That's <clears throat> such a huge achievement. I remember how big a deal it was for me, and uh, I'll see you at Olympus. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll see you there. Well, a big thank you to our guests and, of course, to our supporters, Melee Design Firm and Oz Rally Pro. If you haven't done it yet, make sure that you uh, give us a good comment or a rating on iTunes. That always helps us out in uh, getting more followers. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening. More to come soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.